This summer we're going to be starting a series actually here next week called Bold. And so um, please um, just keep in mind, you know, I get that summer's here and we like to take off, but keep in mind that uh, we're still meeting here on t- at 10.30 every Sunday. Um, we'd love to have you be a part of this. Um, and, and, but uh, we're going to take a look at Bold. And, and essentially what it is, it's, we're coming out of the series that we're in right now called Declaration of Dependence. And, and, and through this series, we talked about you know, our journeys, we talked about our stories, we talked about the strength that God gives us uh, to, you know, for the journey, and, and we talked about how that comes, not from independence, but complete dependence upon God. Uh, we li- you know, our world today, you know, living in America, we, we very much champion independence. You know, our, our, our independence as a nation, um, and, and absolutely we should. But when it comes to spiritual things, it's the complete antithesis. It's that waving the white flag to God saying, I can't do this. I've got to get out of the way. I've got to let go of control. I've got to give you the reins of my life and allow you to direct me, allow you to guide me, allow you to um, speak into me and, and give me the, uh, the, the, the uh, words or, or whatever, the, the, the strength, the direction, all that stuff uh, that comes from uh, just following you and wanting my desire, my heart's desire to, to follow you and be what you've created me to be. And so as we talked about that in this series called uh, Declaration of Dependence, we're now going to go into a series, and we're going to look at a guy uh, today by the name of Peter, and we're going to look at his life because it's going to set us up for next week. But uh, w- what bold essentially means is because we've declared our dependence upon God, because we're submitting our lives to Him, because we're saying, hey God, my life is yours, it takes on new shape. It should take on new shape and new meaning. We should be individuals that are very bold. Um, as we're going to look today in, in, in Acts, and in, in, in here in the next few weeks, we read about the, the early believers right after the death and resurrection of Jesus and the, and the, um, the dissemination of His Holy Spirit came upon them. Um, they prayed a prayer that said, Give us boldness. Give us boldness. And, and, and I think what they're, what they're relating that to is when Jesus, you know, when Jesus appeared to them that one last time before He ascended to heaven, He said, you're going to be my what? There we go. I, I need more volume and more confidence, okay? I love when you ask questions. I think it's witness. I know we've shared this before, but... It's like that teacher that was teaching the little kids, and she was she was she was trying to um, she was trying to get them to guess a squirrel. And she's like, you know, it's this little animal that and it's in their church Sunday school, whatever. And she and she's like, it's a furry little animal that walks around, it collects nuts for the winter and stuff like that. It has a very bushy tail. And one kid said, I know I, I know it's a squirrel, but it's got to be Jesus because we're in <laughs> church, you know. And I think that's how we are, right? It's like, oh man, he's asking a question. I think it's this, but no. Jesus said, "Jesus said, you're going to be my witness. You're, I'm going to send your, the power to you." And by the way, it's very key what he said. I want you to go, and I want you to wait here. I want you to wait here because I'm going to send you the gift. I'm going to send you what it takes to be my witnesses. 
I'm not asking you to do it out of your own strength. I'm not asking you to do it out of your own giftedness or whatever, however intellectual or knowledgeable you think you are or gifted or whatever. That's not what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to wait here because the power of the Holy Spirit is going to sweep across you and He's going to change. Things are going to change and you're going to be bold. And when we read that in Acts, in the rest of Acts, we see individuals that were vastly turned upside down, inside out, and became extremely bold for Jesus Christ. Being exactly what He called them to be. Witnesses. Not negotiators. Not debaters. Not trying to argue your position or anything like that. It's merely to be witnesses of what you have seen. What they had seen. In fact, in some of their letters, when you read in the Gospels, uh, uh, John says this. I think Peter says it in his letters too. He sa- they make this comment that says, hey, we're not, we're not speaking about some fabricated story that was passed down to us. What I'm sharing with you is this. I'm sharing with you what I saw and what I experienced walking with Jesus Christ. That's where we get the word apostle. Because we've experienced it. They experienced walking with Jesus Christ. And because of that, they were able, and through the power of His Holy Spirit, they went into the world and were very bold. After they prayed for that boldness, they became very bold and went into the world just giving incredible testimony through their lives and through their stories and through their journeys, sharing what Jesus had done in their lives and what they had seen. And it's very interesting because when we take a look at, at Peter's life, you know, if you would, um, if you would look at his life, uh, in two, two factors here. Just go ahead and go to that next slide, uh, which talks about in and next. The next part means he walked next to Jesus, right? His brother Andrew was the one that, that saw Jesus, and Andrew went back to his brother Simon, Peter, and said, I found the Messiah. You've got to come check him out because this Jesus is the real deal. This is, what the, this is who the writings were talking about. Simon, so, you've got to come check out this person. Peter goes, his name gets changed around like a lot of the names, and so he goes and he places his complete faith and trust into Jesus Christ as his brother Andrew and some other individuals that were called the disciples. They left everything behind. It says they left immediately what they were doing and they began to follow Jesus. But when we look at Peter's life, you know, let's just you know, let's just kind of think back. If you've read some of the, if you've read through the Gospels and you've kind of clued into Peter, Peter was very bold at the time in his own humanness, right? He was very brash. I think he was one of these guys that just spoke what was on his mind right off the bat. Remember and remember the times where Jesus even corrected him. Remember where he, Peter, had the audacity to rebuke Jesus to say, "I will never." let someone come in between us, or I will never let this happen. And, and Jesus says, really? <laughs> well, you've got to be willing to die for this cause. And then also, uh, at one point, Jesus says, you're going to deny me three times later on. And, but that was Peter. He was quick with uh, the, his thought. He was quick to communicate what was on his mind. He was, a quick for, uh, he was just very quick. He was also part of the inner three with Jesus. He was able to see some things that other, the other uh, twelve or the other remaining nine uh, did not see. He was there, part of the Mount of Transfiguration, where he got to witness the Shekinah glory of God. He, he saw Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. That's powerful stuff. He saw Jesus do miracle after miracle after miracle, right? 
He saw Jesus walk on the water. In fact, didn't Jesus invite him out of the boat to walk on the water? Which he did for a few brief moments, and then he started to get scared and think about the surrounding things, uh, the things around them, in which uh, he took his eyes off Jesus. He saw Jesus take uh, uh, a few pieces of fish and a few loaves of bread and literally feed multitudes of people, thousands of people, which he did more than once. He was, a, he was able to witness all these things. He was next to Jesus. Jesus was there. He was next to Peter. They were friends. They were, uh, it was teacher and, and, and uh, pupil uh, relationship. It was, he was next to Jesus. And while Peter was next to Jesus, he was very brash and bold. You remember what he did in the garden that very last night that Jesus was alive before they came and God? Remember that whole story where the guards came? And what did Peter do? He cut off the ear of one of the soldiers. He was like, that guy, man, I'm going to defend Jesus. I'm on this. And he, he cut off the ear of one of the soldiers in which Jesus picks up the ear and heals, puts it back on the guy's head and heals it. But that was Peter. Very bold before that. But what happened? Jesus was next to him in all those stories. What happened when Jesus kind of, when he got arrested and he went off, and they were having these mock trials, or these not mock trials, but these trials that mock the, their law and everything. Um, Peter was questioned three times. He was identified as one of the disciples. And, for, and three different times, he denied knowing Jesus. He was all bold when Jesus was next to him, right? I mean, he was really bold when Jesus was next to him. You know, he was, he was able to say, well, you're the Messiah, you're this, you're that. I mean, he, he cut the ear off. So all these other things, he was very bold. But when it came down to, the, to that critical moment, um, we could also say of Jesus, the human side of Jesus, when Jesus really needed him most, where was he at? Scared. Denying Jesus. But then he was one of the ones that Jesus, after his resurrection, Peter was one of the ones where when Jesus talked to people and He said, I want you to go tell the disciples and I need you to go tell Peter. I need you to go to Peter because Peter blew it. And if I don't connect with Peter, uh, he's going to derail. And so He reconnects with Peter. He goes through the whole feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. They go through that situation. And then, and, or that event, and then... When he tells him to wait in the room, Peter waits in the room. And then in Acts two, we read or Acts one, chapter eight, it says this. It says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And uh, the second part of that, uh, or the second chapter, verse four, says this. And they, the disciples, the ones that were in that room, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterances, and, and the rest of the people around there. But the, the Holy Spirit came upon this group of men, and Peter, his life literally changes from one spectrum to the next. Peter is a revolution. This guy is turned upside down, inside out, as we've been saying. He is absolutely bold now. He doesn't care about being persecuted. He doesn't care about getting thrown in jail. He doesn't care about what's coming next. He was all about the mission for Jesus Christ. He was all about being a witness into the world for Jesus Christ. He was extremely 
bold. And the difference was, Jesus was no longer next to him. Jesus now was in him. And when Jesus takes up residence in people's lives, in our hearts, and we allow him to have control, that's when we change absolutely drastically. But it doesn't happen out of our own giftedness. It doesn't happen out of our own strength. It doesn't happen out of our us concocting things. It happens from us waving that white flag of dependence saying, I'm following after you and I want you to have control of my life. And when you allow God, when you allow Jesus to enter into your life through the power of His Holy Spirit and take the reins of your life, you are going to be an individual that is bold in your faith and you're going to be out advancing the Gospel with individuals who come in contact with you where you take every moment as a divine appointment of God and you capitalize on it because that's all you can talk about is what Jesus has done in your life. Jesus has made you bold. And so now you've got a guy that is absolutely turned inside out advancing the kingdom of God. Now, here's something really interesting. If we would go to 2 Peter, if you would take your Bibles out of the back of the pew in front of you if you didn't bring one, Flip with me to 2 Peter, and I'm going to look at chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. And again, this is, this is the uh, writings of Peter. This is the same guy who denied Christ. This is the same brash guy that, that was very bold when Christ was next to him, but slipped away when Christ wasn't. But then when he got absolutely changed by the power of the Holy Spirit... He comes alive. And I want you to listen to his writing because his, his conduct, his character, everything about him has changed. Listen to what he says in verse 2 here. Or verse, uh, verse 3. He says this, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence, by which He has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of nature. Or yes, because of I'm sorry, because of sinful desire. Peter's now writing and he says this, and I want you to pick up on these key words because these are very powerful words, and I think he used these words for the for the magnitude and the weight, the gravity that they carried. He says this: His divine power has granted to us what? What's that next word? This is the ESV. What's the NIV or another translation say? What? Everything. Not some things. Not, hey, Jesus is going to give you a few of these things. He's going to give you a few of this and a person a few. That's not what it says. Peter says this. When God gives you, God's going to give you something, and if you are following after Christ and you've received His Holy Spirit, God has given you all things, everything, for what? To be able to live this life of godliness. That's what he's saying. God, he's saying, hey guys... You're not lacking anything now. Peter's saying when the Holy Spirit encompasses you, when the Holy Spirit takes your life over, you are given literally everything from God to be His powerful witness and to be this person that can live this godly life that He's calling you to live. If you live in that state of dependence, of, uh, that state of dependence, correct? Because listen to what he says. He goes on and says this. By... Uh, um, 
He says for in verse five, for this very reason, okay, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue. This is Peter writing, okay? And he's using words like virtue, and he says with uh, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are what? Increasing. If these are in you and in fact they are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's very powerful. Peter's saying God has given you everything. He's saying church, followers of Jesus Christ, those of you that have placed your faith and trust in Him, believers, God has given you everything that you need. And as He's given you everything you need, work at supplementing these things with virtue and knowledge and brotherly love and these things. Because if you're focused on that, if you're focused on digging within the Scriptures, and you're focused on spending that time with God, and you're focused on living your life in humility and humbleness and contriteness to God, and allowing God to fill you with these things, you will not be ineffective or unfruitful. That makes me believe then that when I'm not intentional about my walk with Jesus, for me, what that's saying is that I become ineffective and I become unfruitful. Would you agree with that? He's saying, if you want to be fruitful and effective, these are the things that need to be, that need to be implemented within your life that you need to stay focused on. He goes on to say... Um, he goes on to say in verse 8, For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities, whoever lacks these qualities, is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Can I, I just need to ask a quick question. Does that come off bold, bold to you? Does, this, does his writings now really come off bold to you to say? I mean, he is absolutely to the point, right? And he goes on to say this Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election, for if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. He goes on to say, For in this way there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Peter's saying, this isn't just getting your ticket and sitting next, you know, waiting for Jesus to return. This isn't about fire insurance. This isn't about some lackadaisical walk. This is about giving everything you have to God. This is about being completely dependent upon God. This is about living in this contrite, humble uh, state of of um, of uh, demeanor before God, where where these things, where God is allowed to breathe into your life, God is directing you, God is filling you with His wisdom, God is filling you with His knowledge. You're taking you're taking these things, you're doing everything you can that's on your part, and tr- and trying to uh, allow God to add these virtues and these the gifts of the Spirit within inside of you. Because if that takes place, you're going to be a fruitful and effective person. You're going to go into your world, and you're going to be bold for Him. And Peter says, man, if you lose sight of that, you're, you are nearsighted and you're blind and you're forgetting that you've been cleansed of your sins. That is extremely bold and powerful. 
And it's coming from a guy who I think could write that and understand exactly how that took place within his life. I think you got a guy now that can look back and say, the reason why probably this, some of these things occurred back here, obviously he didn't have the Holy Spirit at that particular point in time, but the reason why is it's, it, it's taking you know, your eyes off of Christ, taking your eyes off that, that your true north, taking your eyes off what is going to, to uh, develop you and, and make you into the person that you've been created to be. And Peter is very diligent in writing this. And I just find it amazing that he goes back then to... Um, it, it just kind of comes out of, out of uh, Acts when it says that when the Spirit of God comes, when Jesus said when the Spirit of God comes, you're going to, you're going to become bold. And then later on in Acts, those, those, uh, those, the, the early church prayed for that sense of boldness where they would be able to go into their world and make this huge difference. As I shared with you before, one of the things that we're going to, uh, or the next series that we're going into, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what it means to be bold. What it looks like within your life to have bold prayers. To have bold, courageous living. To, have, to be bold uh, for Jesus. And then, and then after that series, we're going to take a look at an individual that was just that. We're going to look at an individual that was bold in his faith, that was that, that then enabled him to be bold in his sacrificial giving, being bold in his his um, uh, just every aspect of his life, and how that carries out, and how that literally changes us from the inside out. That's what we've been called to be. And so this morning, through this uh, through our through our time here the, uh, uh, here in a few more moments, I just want to call your attention to that. I want to call your attention that if you are sitting in here this morning and you say, I have received the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ. I have His salvation living inside of me. This is our message. This is, this, this is the message for us that God wants us to hear to say, I have given you everything now so that you can live this life that I've created you to live. And as you live this life, you're going to experience life and you're going to experience life to the fullest. But it's not going to happen by some lackadaisical, unintentional type of living. It's living dependent upon Me. This is the life we've been called to as Element Church. And so, this morning and through these next series that we, this next series that we do, I want to say this. These are, this is designed for, to encourage us. Not to browbeat not to say, well, this is where I'm failing. I want to look at it from the positive aspect that says this. This is what God has called us to. And this is what, ha- this is what happens when we put ourselves in this position and allow the Spirit to have full control of our lives. We become individuals that are very bold in our faith. We're bold individuals. Not, not campaigning for our own agendas, but we are bold for Jesus Christ. And as we look back and just kind of do a brief summary of where we've been in this series called Declaration of Dependence, we talked, again, we talked about these things. And this is what happens when we do, we follow the words of the Holy Spirit through the, through the perspective of Peter. These are the things that, that happens on this next slide. It, we become these things. I am new. You're not the way you used to be. When the Holy Spirit gets a hold of you, You are a different individual. You now are a child of God. You now are a brother and sister to other individuals sitting in this room right now. We are a family. We are the bride of Christ. We are new. 
I am new. I'm no longer this person. I had a conversation with a, uh, an individual this week and it reminded me of a situation I had with my father. Growing up, there were times, I, and, I, and we've all had these moments, that as a teenager or a person in college, you make some decisions that you look back and you're like, what in the world was I thinking? You know? And you've kind of, you know, you, may, you might have made some of these decisions. And I remember um, kind of having, you know, having these conversations with my father. And not too long ago, we, me and my father, we got to talking about these things. And and I was talking to him about something. And and I was I was I was um, I was sharing my perspective that I've changed. And my dad kind of cut me off and said. I know you've changed. You're no longer this person back here. You're this person. You're, you're not this. And, and we're not talking just about spiritual things, but we're talking about spiritual maturity and just maturity in general. And, and my dad was kind of breathing into me and saying, you're not this person anymore. You haven't been this person for, for some time now. You've literally changed. And when he shared that with me, and I know that sounds so simple, and it sounds um, so basic, but you couldn't believe the, the, the assurance that swept over me to say, or to think, I have changed. But a lot of times, you know, you kind of you, you fight for that and you, you want to convince others, but, but, there, but others, other individuals are seeing it. My point is this when we allow the Spirit to have control of us, we are changed individuals. We are no longer this person back here making these really ignorant decisions. At least we shouldn't continue to be making these decisions. We have changed. Everything's different now. We have a new criteria in which we use, a new filter, a new set of glasses that we use or should be using in every decision that we make. No decision is too small. No and this is, you may disagree with me, but I'm gonna t I have become more increasingly aware and convinced that everything in my life has, is a critical moment when I make decisions. Now, I'm not talking about what type of gum I should buy, okay? But I want to tell you something. And it goes back to that divine appointment thing. If we live our lives in the, mo in, in the thought and the, in the presence of saying, I, I'm going to consider everything, decision I make as a divine appointment, that literally changes the way you think and how you make decisions. Uh, let me get down to brass tacks. It amazes me sometimes as a pastor when people from within the church come and kind of share their perspective or their philosophy or their spirit theology about certain things, and I'm, I'm sitting there bewildered. And I'm not judging them. I'm bewildered because I'm thinking, how do you... How do, you're a Christian. How do you entertain that thought? How do you entertain a thought that says that you, know, you, could, that you, you could conduct yourself in this way over here? This, is, this doesn't comply with Scripture at all. And it amazes me. And that's, I guess that's what I'm trying to share with you right now. If we've been made new, everything's different. We look at things differently. We don't, do, you know, we're not, we don't get ourselves in certain situations because we take this book and we make our decisions based upon what the Word of God says. This isn't some abstract, some aspirational type of living. We look at this and we make decisions based upon what the Word of God teaches us. 
We talk about, I mean, it goes down to dating. It goes down to who I'm going to marry. It goes down to how much financial debt I'm going to have. It goes down to my purchases. It goes down to every single aspect of my life. If I weigh everything through the lenses of God's Word because I'm new, my life is absolutely different. It's been changed. And when we violate God's Word, I struggle with why we're perplexed. Does that make sense? I struggle with that. You come to people will come and want counseling for something, and I'm thinking, what? Why did you do this over here when the Bible is very clear that that's we're made new? That's not what we do. Of course, you're going to need counseling, (laughs) and hopefully through that that we we get back on track. But if we took things more serious to understand that we are new individuals things would look vastly different in our lives. The next thing we talked about is that I am growing. There's not a point to where we've arrived. There's not a point to where we can just sit down and say, okay, that's done. I'm, I'm good now. I'm good until Jesus returns. That's not the way it works. We're human. Satan is constantly coming at us. Uh, he can't take us away from God, but he sure can make our lives hell. And he can enter in and he can deceive. There's a lot of good believers that are deceived. And it's sad. And it's when we stop focusing on that, that what Peter's saying, keep growing, keep adding these things into your life. I have a story. You have a story. And again, we're just recapping where we've been. Every single person sitting here has a story to tell. You have a story of where you've been and where you're going and what's taking place in that story at present time. Is God radically changing you? Is, you know, because you've been made new and because you're growing, you have this story. You're on a journey. This isn't a sprint. This is a marathon. It's hanging in there every single day. I don't know about you, but when it comes to exercising and things like that, that gets old. You know? That gets old. For some of us, we're more committed and disciplined to it. For others, it's like, okay, I'm done with that. It gets old. But when change happens is when we stick with it and we say, I'm on a journey. I can't do this overnight. It's not going to happen within a week, but I'm committed because this is a journey. And when we take that approach with our faith to say, I am new, I am growing, I have a story, I am on a journey, God is continuing to change me. He's continuing to to breathe into me and enable me to become who He's called me to be. That's when things happen within our lives. I am strengthened because He gives us the strength on a daily basis to live this life. Whatever we're at, wherever we're at, whatever we're involved in, I am strengthened. And this last thing is what we talked about today. I have everything. Guys, you're not missing some piece. If you're following after God, you've been given everything you need to live this life. I get that it's going to be hard because it's a marathon, it's a journey. It's you know I I understand that I'm with you. I I'm the first to sign on board and say absolutely it's difficult. It's the hardest thing we're ever going to do because it goes literally against our humanness. But the Bible and the Word of God says the Word of God says that I have everything. Peter says you've been given everything. God has given you everything. I think if we would spend time every day reminding ourselves. This is who I am. I'm new. I'm growing. I have a story. I'm on a journey. I'm strengthened. I have everything. Literally, if we would look at these things on a daily basis, allowing those truths to continue within our lives, I think many of us would become much more productive in our, in our walk with Jesus, much more intimate with Him and close with Him. And so this morning, as the, as the worship team comes back, I want to leave us with just these thoughts of where we've come from and this, you know, again, this whole state of dependence.
uh, declaration of dependence. And, and really, this is what this last slide talking about it is the declaration of dependence, where we're constantly reminding ourselves of that. But this morning, I just want to ask you to, to as we wrap up this message, I want to ask you to just allow the Holy Spirit to connect with you. As you sit there right now, and we begin to begin to, we're going to stand, sing another song. I would, two songs. I would love that you, for you to use that time to allow the Holy Spirit to connect with you, and and you to reach out to the Holy Spirit to say, "Is this me? You know, am I? Have I declared a dependence over here, but now I've kind of taken it back under my under my control? Am I allowing you to grow me? Am I allowing you to have freedom within my life?" Am I allowing you to just take my life and do with it whatever you want? Am I making decisions based upon your word? I pray that you would open yourself up to the Spirit. I get that the, one, the reasons why we don't do that is because that is a very vulnerable place to be. Because a lot of us, I should, well, many of us have been in a situation in our lives where we already know the answer to some of those questions. And we don't need God to tell me the opposite, Right? And it's easier to kind of close ourselves off to that and say, I'm not, going to, I'm not going to put myself in that vulnerable, transparent position before God because I already really kind of know the answer. That's the, God, the Spirit of God speaking to you now. I pray that you would just use this time as a response. I pray that you would just allow the, the closure of this series and we're going to go into the next one of, of, of being bold, of just being completely sold out and bold to Jesus Christ. That you would use this moment right now to get it straight if it's off. If, the, if you're off the rails, that you would just allow God's Spirit, the power of God's Spirit to just restore you and put your feet back on the rock and to just begin to live your life in that sense of dependence and, and power and boldness that He's called us to live. Why don't you stand with me as I close this time with a word of prayer. Father, I, um, I, I acknowledge that, again, this is one of the hardest things we're ever going to do in our lives because it absolutely rubs up against that core of, of, of what we were born with into this world, that brokenness. But Father, we know through Scriptures, we know through Your teachings, we know through other individuals that You've placed in our lives that, that we're new now, that it's different, that it doesn't have to be this old way, that it's, that it's new. And we've been changed. And I pray that we would grab a hold of that. I pray that we would, if there are things that we need to surrender to You today so that we can become Your witnesses more effectively, uh, Father, that You would just move us and motivate us to just reconnect with You and maybe resubmit our lives back to You, allowing You to have that control. I pray that if there are those in here that You're pressing hard upon, Father, I just pray that they would have the courage and maybe this would be the time they would just say, you know what, I'm done with this stuff. I'm done and I, wanna, I, want, to, I want to come and I want to confess and I want to give it all to You and I want to start over. I pray that You would just move our hearts to respond the way You want us to respond regardless of what it is. That we would just respond to You. Meet us where we're at. We know that you do. And, and we just, I just, again, just pray that your spirit would have complete freedom and control in this room here this morning. And I pray this all in the powerful name of Jesus Christ.